that still scares the bejesus out of me when I hear that tune. I'm just transformed into a 12-year-old kid watching that at home on a probably on a Saturday night, and Robert Stack's voice just sort of going through you like a uh, sort of knife through butter. Oh, Friday night for me. So Friday night Friday for night you. Horror and then Unsolved. Do you ever remember the Sunday horrors? They were awesome, eh? Imagine that. Imagine that now, you know, it'd be sort of offensive to somebody, you know, well, someone who's allergic to blood or something. Anyway, I'll stop waffling. It's Occam's Razor, podcast about the paranormal, episode 17. Uh, I'm back. Jim Birchill is my name. I've uh, been away about three or four weeks now just due to uh, Christmas and summer holidays and all that sort of carry on. Um, Weather's fine in Auckland City, where we're broadcasting from. We're coming to you on East FM 88.1107.1. Frequent visitor to the show. Well, frequent. You've been on once before, haven't you? Once or twice. Second time that's frequent. That's right. We've got Sam Collier uh, in the studio again, just because he's just so damn knowledgeable about the paranormal. Um, Tell me a little bit about yourself, Sam, and uh, the organisation you you work for. Haunted Auckland? Well, in a nutshell, we're paranormal researchers, investigators, (coughs) um, travelling not just around Auckland, but uh, throughout New Zealand. We've been to a few places. Um, Researching all those stories and uh, accounts of what goes bump in the night. Yep. Um, And we also talk people through. We get sent a lot of photos as well that we analyse as well. So... um, Basically researching what we believe is that there might be an existence of something out there. Did you get a chance to analyse my photo of the ghost manifesting in, in Louis the Fourteenth's bedchamber? <laughs> yeah. What did you think of mine? Oh, it was, it was brilliant. It was brilliant, uh, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think it is a light flare. I just got overly excited when I first saw it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's very, you're not alone. Uh, yeah, a lot of people. I want to believe, Yeah, Sam, well, a lot, that's, a lot that's of people why. want to believe it. Even, yeah. even I want to believe, but... Sure. Um, you know, I, th- I think being with Haunted Auckland, it's it's always toned me down a bit, just wanting to um, come up with a logical explanation first. Absolutely. And you guys are always looking to, to <coughs> crack the case, so to speak. Um, yeah. So much so, uh, Mark Wallbank, your, what, what is Mark? He's the director of the, he's the yeah, captain I mean, of the there, team? Yeah, there aren't really any titles, but yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark is, yep. you know, the man from Haunted Auckland. He's, sure. he's the guy that started it all. Um, yep. along with Barbara and, and Matthew and a few other people. So Yep. And he um, he's in the UK at the moment, isn't he? Um basically yep. going through all his favourite haunts, no yeah, pun a lot intended. Of favorite, well, ticking off a lot of um places off the bucket list. Yeah. You know, um he's just come back well, he's been a stay the night of the ancient ram, which How did that go? Um I, I'm yet to hear what his actual final verdict was, but yep. it, I mean, it's a very chilling looking place. I mean, obviously it, it sets the scene. Just the owner was creepy enough for me. Yeah, uh Humphrey's his name. I yeah, think. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Um, he pops old, up on, old, on sort of ghost shows from old time man to time, wandering around with a cane, sort of thing. And um, you know, they they have what they call the witch's room and the bishop's room, and yep. and um, you know, uh, the old man would tap on the door to grant permission to actually go in and sleep in there. Um, yep. Obviously, Mark just wanders on in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm yet to hear back from him. I've yeah. seen a few seen a few photos that he's posted. No, I saw yeah, I saw him put something on Facebook. It was early it was early doors though, and he was sort of maybe just setting up his equipment and he looked a little apprehensive, but he didn't look scared at any point. So no. it'd, be, it'd be really interesting to get feedback from him. We'll try and get him on the show. I mean it is it is interesting doing solo <coughs> investigations and you know, there is always that you know, any noise that happens if, if it's not myself making it sort of idea, it might be something else. So yep. there's always that. But I, I don't really expect Mark to come back with much. 
No. Um, not to say that he's he's not a good investigator <laughs> or anything like that. I'm just, you know, um, again, he might be sitting the next again, one log- out. Logical thinking. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll come up with uh, an answer to a lot of the things that might occur. Yeah. And that's the difference with you guys um, at Haunted Auckland. I mean, I've noticed that when I had you and, and with Barbara came on the show. Um, disappointingly sane and normal is probably yeah, the yeah. best um, way to describe it. Yeah, on the radio. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> at, at home, at home yep. we might be a little bit more crazy, but, um, you know, yep. like we were saying earlier, I do want it to be real. I really do. Yeah. But um, Grain of salt. A, a grain of salt. In order for that little bit of real to be extra special yep you got to cut out the, the rest of it the bs the bs mm. yep. now since i've um done this podcast i've subscribed to or not subscribe but followed a lot of people on social media in terms of you know ufo files and ufo secrecy and conspiracy this and and government cover up that um it's fair to say that some of these people aren't of sound mind are they that, that in the community and then you get some some people like you who are pretty rational and and you know measured and balanced about the whole thing. Um, how do you struggle? You, you you struggle for credibility as a result. Um, I think anyone in this in this sort of um, mm. field will struggle for credibility. I know everyone thinks I'm nuts. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, uh, again, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's um, it's just one of those things. You know, you're not going to be get people that believe in. In what we're doing, and they're going to say, "Don't, don't do it. You're crazy. Um, you're wasting yep. your time." But there is that margin where I've experienced things that I can't explain. Yep. Um, and that's what keeps me going. I mean, I'm not doing it for everybody. I'm doing it for myself. I mean, most and people. At the same time, I might might be able to educate somebody. Sure. I mean, most people are sitting at home, um, you know, watching The Bachelor or something like that, and you guys are out there, you know, talking to ghosts or. Yeah. Getting scratched by one, or or a cool wind blowing past your ear, or yeah, the, so. asking it to knock three times, or <laughs> you know, rap on a table, or absolutely that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's better than a marathon of Game of Thrones or something, isn't it? This yeah, is this well, the real I mean, stuff. It, you know? it does it does get the heart going. Yeah, you, you know, uh, especially with solo investigations. Like I said, you, you're yep. sitting by yourself, and do you do that just because you're short of numbers, or do you do it to scare the hell out of yourself? Um, it's a good it's a good field test. Yep. doing solos um yep. just so that you can kind of grasp the your area the situation that you're in yeah um, like i said any noises that you might hear and without the influence of other people or the yep. suggestion from and because them, you know you, you might get somebody that jumps or screams mm. or whatever and you know yep. that will change your perception of how you're looking at things absolutely and that's actually one of the things i wanted to talk to you about um this evening and Sort of, I know that you're interested in how, um, you know, fears and apprehensions can influence people's paranormal experiences or, or reports of their experiences or how they're interpreted. Um, are you talking about how, you know, people become sheeple and they tend to follow what everyone else is doing or you walk into a haunted house and someone says, you know, this place is haunted and instantly, you know, your whole physiology changes, Mood doesn't changes, it? yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we touched on it the last time we um, we spoke. Yeah. And I was talking about how, as humans, we're we're storytellers, right? Yeah. And I believe in <coughs> in cautionary tales and, and urban legends and things like that. So you know, some places might have a ghost story, and it's it's more of a warning rather than an actual. Yeah. There is a ghost here. Yeah. You know, even things like uh, take for example Bigfoot. Mm. Um, it's it's more of a don't go out into the woods or something's going to get you. 
and then all of a sudden it, it evolves and snowballs. But it's a manifestation of the boogeyman, isn't That's it? That's right. And and it's anything that happens that it's it's associated to that story or that creature that's that's been manifested. Mm. And everything from then on is attributed to that's right. Anything that happens. Yeah. So in the instance of a haunted house, mm. you hear a knock. Yeah. You already you already know there's a ghost story in there. You think, oh, well, it must be the ghost. Yeah. A door slams. It's not the wind. It's the ghost. Can't be anything else. Can't be anything else. No. So, like I said, when we go in, we have to think logically. Absolutely. There was a um, experiment done, I think, in about 1972. Um, is it the Philip or Flip or the, the Philip experiment? Philip experiment. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was sort of they created some sort of false entity um, with a with a you know control group or so. Yeah. Well, without a control group, they just had a bunch of participants, didn't they? Yeah. It, it wasn't um, a group of people that knew each other. Yeah. Um, it was uh, an experiment based off. The idea that uh, they could manifest a phenomena out of um, an idea or a fictional character. Yep. So they they had a, a group of about eight people, and one of the people in that group came up with a story that they agreed upon. So it was a character called Philip Aylesford. Okay. And he was born in uh, 1624, and uh, he was a military soldier. Yep. back then and uh, he was a spy for King Charles II yep. uh, he was in an unhappy marriage uh, to a lady called Dorothy and uh, he eventually had an affair with said Dorothy with a gypsy girl called called Margot and eventually did she put a curse on him? she didn't put a curse on him okay. but uh, his first wife Dorothy found out the affair and then <laughs> and then uh, Accused accused Margot of witchcraft, and she was then burned at the stake. And okay. Because Philip did nothing, he committed suicide. So this is all a fictional story sure. created by Sue, agreed upon by the whole group. Yep. Um, so basically, the experiment there forward um, was to sit around a table uh, conducting a séance. Yep. And We're talking about a traditional um, Ouija board sort of sounds, right? Um, I don't think they used a Ouija board, but it was more hands around the table, pinkies touching, yep. um, calling out Philip's name. Sure. And, a bit uh, more of a budget seance. Bit of a budget seance. Yeah. Um, there are videos on, on, you, on YouTube of the actual experiment oh, as is well. It? That you, can, okay. you can watch it, yep. Um, so they, they were, would uh, call out. Uh, they even did a... A composite sketch of what Philip might have looked looked like, and um, yeah, they would call out and wait to hear if they would hear any knocks or anything like that. They'd meet up weekly, yeah, and um, after about a year, nothing happened. Yeah, so they decided, right, we're going to dim the lights, do this experiment by candlelight. Create some ambience. Create some ambience. Yeah. Uh, I think they even changed the different colours of the lights at times as well. All of us, uh, you know, and this is... Mood lighting. Mood, sort of mood lighting, sure. um, because they believe it was more tra traditional in the seance sort of vibe. Mm. And it was in the 70s too. It was in the 70s indeed. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, who knows <laughs> if they had love lamps going or, you know, freaky coloured carpets or whatever. Sure. But, um, yeah, after they did the lights, um, they started to hear their knocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, at first it was, yeah, it was a small rumble, um, maybe a little bit of a vibration on the table. And then mm -hmm. when the lady goes, that isn't Philip, is it? And in response to that question, it was a much louder and precise knock. Well, case closed. It's Philip. 
that's what they believed at the yep. time. So this went on for another uh, few months to a year, and by the end of it, they believed that they had conjured up Philip, who was <laughs> a fictional character. Okay, and how many more? Obviously, they didn't just stop at one or two seances. They did it over, they, did you say, it, every it, year it, or so? The, well, yeah, every every week for about two years, I think it was in the end. Okay. So And did it develop past the point of, of knocks and cold winds? Did he start communicating... Um, you know, through sort of mediumship or anything like that? Or? So so Philip allegedly never spoke. He okay. never manifested. It's convenient. It's convenient, yeah. yeah. Um, he would push the table that they were using around. Yeah. So um, have you ever heard of table tipping? Um, is that when there's one bag in the seance group? Yeah, generally, yep. <laughs> generally speaking, <laughs> okay. it is. So yep. uh, all hands on the table, it will generally tilt to one side mm-hmm. um, and if you watch the video uh, it's one of those old uh, I guess puzzle making tables where all the legs of the table are hinged as well okay so you can imagine if there was a slight deviation in, sure. that, in that hinge it would it all go very easily tip to one side yeah um, so yeah I don't know whether it was necessarily a fair test mm. Um, I was just looking it up just as we were speaking, and it says there was, uh, as I thought, there was no control really with it. There was, there was no control. Uh, yeah. Did they? And there was obviously a plant, wasn't there? So one of the eight was was in on it. Yeah, it was. Uh, so the experiment was conducted by an ARG Owen or George Owen, and although they believed there, there was no leader in the group, yeah, um, there was one leader that took control, and that was a lady called Iris Owen who was indeed George's wife. I see. So, And she wore the pants. She wore the pants of that group. And, <laughs> and you, can, you can see her. Um, they would have been she's, uh, she's flares. She's totally too. taking control in, in yeah. those uh, seances. I don't know whether the uh, videos were strictly for documentary purpose it, and it was a dramatisation, but she was... Oh, like a recreation? Yeah. Or, yeah, maybe. Um, sorry, just reading here, and it says that the participants had a subconscious defence mechanism kick in. Uh, well, that's one of the theories, anyway. So they like it like a child as they go along with what yeah, well, everyone else is doing. Um, it's like what I was saying with with following stories and things like that. It's, yeah. there is a romanticism about it, and I guess if they're all getting caught up, and there's even the hint that the rest of you know, if there was one person that was blatantly faking it, yeah, and everybody else kind of believed it. There, there is a certain sense of oh well, you know, I've got to go back. I've got to have mm. more, more, more of this. And the genesis of that is all those stories you hear as a teenager, which I thought were unique to me, but <laughs> I've subsequently learned um, that they're not. Um, you hear stories of people, you know, a bunch of teenagers involved in a seance. It takes on an urban legend, sort of almost appearance. Um, someone gets possessed, starts talking like a man and or a woman. Um, they The only way they can get this demon out of their friend is to smash the glass that they've all got their fingers on yep. moving around. Um, and if you're sort of 12 or 13 and you hear that and you, you're ignorant to, to you know, superstition or paranormal or the occult or anything like that, um, you're going to think, hey, <laughs> you know, I better Sorry. go along with what everyone else is yeah. experiencing, you know. Well, there is a, a known response called the idiomotor response as well, yeah. and that's common in things like Ouija boards and table tipping where um, your thoughts or ideas can manifest into muscle movement yeah so um as the saying goes it relates to 
someone pushing that planchette or someone tipping that table. Yeah. Or um, even. So you're saying they're doing it subconsciously? Uh, well, subconsciously, if if anything, mm-hmm. consciously, if they're deliberately trying to sure. uh, pull the wall over everyone. Okay, outside. let's assume they're not though. Let's assume there's no troublemaker in the group. I'm assuming that it's it's subconscious. Yeah, yeah. It's still the um, idiomotor effect. If you think uh, about something enough, you'll probably do it. Especially and if they all agree uh, in terms of this Philip experiment. If they all agree on um, the story, um, and they know the answers to the questions that they're answering, there yep. is always someone. Even if it's a ring on their finger and their their hands are on the table and they just, yeah, you know, it's it's that easy. And if you watch the video as well, there's people with hands moving up and down all the time. Yeah, we've even had to be careful on our investigations when we're doing communication sessions where it's not necessarily a seance as such, but we would sit around in a in a dark room and ask questions and and wait for responses. Yeah, even if we're leaning on a table or something and the table. But none of you are holding hands. None of us are holding. No, no. no. Okay, Um, that's a different investigation. (laughs) But uh, no one, no one's holding hands. But we might have our ourselves leaned up on a table or something, and if we lean too far forward, it will groan and. Yeah. It, yep. it, it's a it's a false positive, really, isn't it? Sure. You think, you know, is there anybody out there and hear a groan? Now you're a bit of a veteran at the investigation sort of thing now, but if you take on a you know some keen eager student comes along says I want to follow you guys on a paranormal investigation, um, what's their demeanour? What's traditionally been their you know demeanour? How do they act when they enter a haunted house? You know, can you see that they're you know, mind has shifted somewhere else because, you know, this is the real deal, we're here to investigate this, or are they sort of just a bit more timid and just go along like you guys do and rationally? And yeah, I think uh, a lot of the, the newbies as such tend to be on their first investigation. I mean, even I was, yeah. was was quite quiet and um, just observe, take it all in. Yep. Um, getting to know the rules of the group. Yep. Everybody has different ideas yep. of, of what um, their line in the sand is between getting excited or not getting excited. Yeah. Um, we do hold um, on occasions, especially nearing towards Halloween and that sort of thing, we do have public investigations where people come along in, in groups. Yep. Um, we usually hold those at the Pump House Theatre in Takapuna. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. But we do a lot of these things like table tipping. Um, we've done Ouija boards. Um, not to conjure up any spirits, but just to educate that, you yep. know, this this is labelled as paranormal, but there is a logical explanation to it. Yeah, um, I've done the the mirror experiment where you get people to look into a mirror, and in a dimly lit room, your face will change. Yeah, you know, it's just your because perception. it's dimly lit. Because it's dimly lit, and and <laughs> yeah. it's it's your brain's way of trying to figure out what it's looking at. Absolutely, it's trying to it's trying to connect all the dots, isn't it? Yeah. Make a pattern in your yeah. mind. Yeah, and what it's looking at. So even now, I'm looking at you and the reflection um, of the cables. Uh, and from your um, cans on your on your ears is making you look different to me. You know, you're sort of morphing into some sort of X Man yeah. sort of yeah. situation, like, some sort of shape shifting stuff thing as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. we talked about that before, yeah. haven't we? Because I came, just for people who don't know, let them know what it actually is, and we'll it's, give you some it's, examples. Uh, Paradolia. It's usually in uh, photos. It's, it yep. works more common, um, and it's uh, commonly. Where you see faces and objects, or, or uh, even full bodies and, yep. and objects where there wouldn't normally be one. So it's your brain, yep. your brain basically uh, finding a pattern or a familiar pattern in even inanimate objects. Yep. So people who see Jesus and, and 
slices of toast. Or <laughs> yeah. like so. Or in there after they've lifted up those tiles. Do you remember that woman in Brazil, yeah. I think it was, yeah. and she... Um, it's an ongoing thing. Is it ongoing? It's an ongoing it? thing. So, well, I don't know of recent, but... Have you visited a house? No. You could put that on your paranormal yeah. uh, planner. Well, I don't know whether they're still there. The house may have been bulldozed down, as, yeah. as far as I know. But, um, yeah, and even the the Shroud of Turin sure. that is where it's a, a cloth. Where the so. face part appears, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they believe that there's the face of Jesus on this cloth. When but it could be the face of anybody, could really. It could be the face of anybody, it? or it could just be a stain that looks like a face. Yeah. Um, I mean, I assume there was a few guys who looked like Jesus if, if he was a, you know, legitimate character. Um, but we won't go there. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of guys who had, had sort of shoulder length hair and beards in, well, in Israel I mean, at the time. G- given where he came from, would he yep. have even looked like that? You know, he'd probably have curly black hair, curly wouldn't black he? hair and a large nose. You know? Yeah, but uh, yep. just for artistic representation, that's what many people believe him to look like. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> now, I I came across an image I'd taken in a, a German World War Two bunker at uh, Pont de Hoc in France. Um, and there's a strange alien slash skeletal kind of looking um, image made up of of um, mildew, probably. And <laughs> so the bunker, you had a look at it, didn't you? And it's yeah. um, yeah, it's it's interesting. But if I told someone, can you see the scary ghost face in this uh, in this picture? They would look around for a while, then they'd see it and go, oh my god. And then the first thing they ever looked at when they looked at that photo again is that image. Um, but you know, it's it's. Hey, it's entertaining now, and it always makes the sort of Daily Mail more interesting, doesn't it? These yeah, sort of things. For, for a lot of people, yeah, they, they would believe it. Yeah. I mean, there would be no changing their mind whatsoever. No. Um, Particularly if they're religious and it's, um, you know, the Madonna or something yeah. like that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if people want to believe black and white, the paranormal is real, and yep. um, if they've got even a grasp, especially if it's their own photo, mm. um, you know, that's theirs, that's theirs to keep sort of thing, and, and they will, they will not... Um, well, not give in to any sort of explanation. Mm. Um, and we, we find that quite often as well. Mm. We'll give an explanation and say, hey, 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 hey how about these options? They yep. go, no, it's ghost. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> and there's nothing else, yep. you know. Um, in terms of, uh, like, urban legends and stuff that we were talking about earlier, obviously that gives um, a person the ammunition if they're... If, they're you, if you've been told for 20 years that... Um, this old ghost lady comes out in the forest on the 12th of October every year because her child died on the railway track or something like that. Every kid in the town or whatever is going to go out there. The story just snowballs and it goes yep. from there, doesn't it? Um, and that's, but I mean, there's quite often a grain of truth in some of those urban legends. They're not all, well, like any storytelling, there's usually a bit of truth somewhere along the way, isn't there? But. There, there was an interesting documentary on Netflix. It was called Killer Legends, and they uh, went back and investigated the origins of some of these stories. Uh, you know, the man with the hook with a hand. And, sure, yeah. And uh, well, they did it well in those. In like, I, I know what you did last summer and yeah, Scream and that yeah. sort of thing, didn't they? Well, uh, and it comes West back. Craven they're, stuff. They're cautionary tales. You yeah. know, the man with the hook with his hand was don't go to Lover's Lane, and yeah. you know, it's all all about uh, premarital sex and that yeah. sort of thing. Don't go out with your boyfriends. And He's going to hook you. Cars. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, the man's going to get you. Uh, and and it also came back to, um, there was also a movie about it, but a true case, um, the town that feds sundown, mm. and there was a killer that was going around to lovers', lovers lanes and, and shooting people. Mm. So um, I think that's where it came from as well. So there mm. is a little bit of truth to it, but... 
I was in Melbourne uh, last week and I was doing a bit of ghost nerding around town, um, just a couple of places like the uh, Hotel Windsor, which is supposedly haunted by um, a lovely opera singer by the name of Nelly, and the place next door, the uh, Princess Theatre, was, which they make an industry basically out of their ghost. Yeah. Um, Fred Frerici, I think his name was, or something. I mean, legitimate guy, but, you know... Artistic license comes into it, obviously, when you're dealing with, with theatre people as well. There is definitely money to be made in the parallel. <laughs> he's got his own bistro, has yep. Fred, which was pretty awesome. Um, but, yeah, that was good. Um, Hosier Lane was interesting because I'd heard about the street art and all that sort of carry-on, so I said, hey, whatever, I'll check it out. And then I found this strange reference to it being haunted. Um, for those who don't know, Hosier Lane's basically just an alleyway in central Melbourne, um, they use it now for um, basically street art, graffiti art, that sort of thing. Artists, I think, can just um, have kind of carte blanche there, really, to design what they want and put it up. I'm not really sure how it works. but It changes weekly, I think. Is that what it is? Very, uh, okay. Very I was there yeah. last October. Yeah. And, and funnily enough, I didn't even know about, about your yeah. either. So. Sure. Well, a guy called Frederick Deeming um, was hung at Melbourne Jail sort of towards the end of the 19th century. It might have been just after I have to look that up. Um, anyway, Freddie had immigrated from the UK or from England specifically, and he was actually um, listed as a as a suspect in the Jack the Ripper case. Um, and to this day, quite a lot of people believe he was involved because he was a pretty sadistic kind of guy, and he was hung for, um, for killing his wife uh, in Melbourne Jail, which same place as... Notorious Outlaw, uh, Ned Kelly and all that. So it's got a bit of history around there. I didn't get to the jail this time, but I have been there in the past. Um, anyway, the Lane, Hosier Lane, is said to be uh, haunted by the ghost of Mr. Um, Deeming. And I really, I'm trying to looking for references um, around the place as to why local paranormal investigators have come to that conclusion. Um I'm not sure how he's linked to that particular alleyway. If anyone listening knows, um, please feel free to email us or anything like that or make a uh, post on comment on, on Facebook or something like that because it's cool to have a, a Jack the Ripper suspect haunting a... Um, a well-known place. A well-known place. Um, I'm just wondering how he got there and why that... Is, and it, it's not connected to the murder or anything like that from what I can tell either. So it's interesting how that sort of... Right. Or again, is it just one of these stories that's been passed on from generation to generation? It Possibly, might yeah. Might not be any merit to it. It's just no. it could have been another street and uh, yeah. the associated with more popular street because of the graffiti. You would have laughed too. I made a crude recording uh, with my iPhone, um, <laughs> hoping to catch the voice of Freddie coming through. You know, saying "Get out" or something like that. We we're always so full. Um, how many get outs have you had? Any? Okay, none to date. None to date. Anyway, I, I really don't know what the results were because I walked around the alleyway for a while, looking like a bit of an idiot, to be fair, um, saying, you here, Freddie, come on, come out and say hello and this sort of thing and blah, blah, blah. And then later on I went to the MCG and I left my phone in a taxi and the phone was never recovered. I went through all the usual channels to get it back. Uh, so Freddie might have had the last laugh in the end. Might have done. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what you get for mocking uh, ghosts. You lose your iPhone in a taxi. Taking as evidence. Absolutely. Yeah. But those sort of things, um, you know, they grow and grow and grow, and that's good. As, as I mentioned, that place, Federici's or whatever, is uh, it's great for business because everyone just knows there's a ghost there and people will actually buy tickets to 
just so they can, you know, the off chance see something. Would you do that? I think you would. What's that? Sell, sell myself up for money or? <laughs> yeah, that as well. <laughs> no. But if a theatre was supposedly haunted, would you go and buy uh, tickets to a show that you didn't necessarily want to watch, like Harry Potter or something, or something even lamer, like Annie or I don't know? Um, just just with the off chance you might spot the ghost. Probably. I mean, you would. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> musical theatre is in the family. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, there's an excuse. So I'm there, preaching right? to the converted here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, my, my daughter's well into it, so yeah, yeah, I could use that as as an excuse. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean that's that's interesting because I suppose with urban legends, um, you know, they take on a they can get a bit sinister, you know, because we know what teenagers are like, and and even younger than that, because children are growing up so fast these days, you know, and we saw those girls um, with the Slenderman episode. Um, they ended up stabbing a friend. It was two of them who stabbed. Just trying to remember now. Yeah, they, uh, two of them. Um, one of them was a close friend of the of the uh, victim, and yeah. the other one was a jealous other friend. Yeah. So uh, I believe they got together. They they uh, led this other girl into a playground, mm. and where they all met up as the three, they took off to the woods, and uh, the other friend, the jealous friend, stabbed this other girl. Uh, I think it was about twelve times yeah. off the top of my head. She and did survive. Yeah, she's still alive. Yeah, but the and, they, and they basically said it was the Slender Man told me to do it. Yeah. Effectively, um, had there been any um, psychological reports on them or anything like that previous, or had they been through the mental health system, or was this sort of a? Uh, I don't know about previously. Yeah, um, obviously I, now, but yeah, yeah, obviously now. Yeah, um, I think they were re- quite reformed now. Yeah, uh, in prison, you know. Um, and I think even the victim has said, oh, "Look, I've I've forgiven them. Yeah, I'm not going to forget." But uh, mm. it's just with this um, Slender Man. We talked about it a few episodes back. Um, you know, kids going to that length that they'll stab their best friend because a mythical entity effectively told them to do it. You know, personally, I'm not sure I believe their story, their defence. It could be a convenient excuse. It's, it know, could be very convenient. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it'll get them a lot more hits on YouTube and stuff, wouldn't it? Especially with the media as well. The media mm-hmm. wants to blame something. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know whether you remember back to the Columbine shootings. It was always yep. um, it was Marilyn Manson's fault. Yeah, you know, he, yep. he was influencing these kids because they listened to his music. Yeah, um, well, you got to find a scapegoat, don't you? You do. That's what um, it comes down to. Especially when it, when it's children as well. You know, it comes as a bit of a shock, mm. and um, you know they think well, children don't normally do this sort of thing, mm. but. Um, I think, you know, and, and I'm putting my dad hat on here, yeah. especially with these two girls. Uh, their parents were monitoring what they, they had no idea what, what their kids were into no. on the internet. And I mean, that's just a new religion that's just been created because yeah. it was a meme, wasn't it? Slim it was, Amanda, it was a, originally? I think it was a photography competition. That's that's what so, it was, yeah. So um, yeah. he was inserted, the well, Slender Band was inserted into the back of a, of a kid's playground. Yeah. And then it grew from there. Yeah, and and that's how easy it was, and um, I think the the creator has gone on saying he wish he never did it, mm. sort of thing. And, and I don't. Was it a viral marketing sort of thing? Was it originally or? Um, no, I think I think it was just that it was the competition. It was the ph- photography competition. Um, I, I'm not even sure whether he won or not. Yeah. But then, uh, being the internet, someone found the picture, put a completely yep. different 
um, story change the text yeah story behind then that's a, how easily it does happen yeah um, and then it, and obviously they capitalise by making a movie about yep. it and all that sort of thing yep um, I mean you, and then websites like uh, Reddit or, or Craigslist yep. and things just got hold of it it's wildfire yeah that's, that's it the snowball effect yeah I mean yeah <laughs> I mean that's just an example of how this thing can spread you know how, how ideas can be put into particularly young minds um, you know, and they'll believe it, and then obviously have almost tragic consequences in this in this um, state. But I'm sure there's, you know, people from our generation have probably, um, yeah, when they when they're young, in the minds, it's a bit flexible, and you're quite idealistic, and you tend to believe um, things that other people tell you without, no, especially in the pre-internet age as yep. well, where you couldn't verify a lot of the stuff. Well, I, I remember my brother telling me that uh, Freddy Krueger was where real. It was based. On, <laughs> it was based on a true story, and yep. and you, you couldn't get me to go to sleep after that for yep. a long time. You know, and <laughs> well, and, that's where he got you. And so. and it was my stupid fault for actually going and researching it, and, yep. and finding out that there was stories based on uh, people dying in their sleep and believing that uh, a shadow figure was coming into their room at night before they died. Uh, yep. um, I think it was in. Um, an Indonesian country or something like that. Yep. Or, you know, I'm probably wrong when I say that, but it wasn't a a, um, a first world country, and that's for sure. But that's what that was. What was interesting about the Slender Man, um, in the sense that I think it got legs apart from obviously going viral with with hysterical young teenagers and stuff like that. But it got legs because the description of the Slender Man himself was one. That had been floated around, you know, stories from Native America and, and um, I think maybe Inuit or some Native yep. Native uh, Alaskans and things like that. Um, so whether the fellow who designed the actual first image for the competition used those influences as his, um, you know, base for the Slender Man, um, but obviously it gave credence to the whole thing because then people started Googling it, it did, yeah. and they thought, oh, here we go, Native American legend, a Slender Man is a... Much like the Skinwalker, isn't it, in, in Native yeah, American? Yeah, or, or, the, or the Wendigo or things yep. like that. And, but what's the big bird called? It's the... the Thunderbird. 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 That's awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, there there are a lot of creatures. I mean, mm-hmm. Slender Man was a tall creature with a, with no face and he had tentacles coming out of him at times. And, you know, you go back to different cultures and there are these sorts of things, whether they were tentacles or, or smoke or whatever coming out of this creature. And, you know, there are bits and pieces of artwork and hmm. you know it is quite popular even even way back what did you make of those um skinwalker video that that one that looked the most legit on um, on youtube I'm, I'm not too much of a big fan of of skinwalker ranch i mean uh, i don't know a lot about it to be fair but hmm. um yeah i i think it's worth investigating but hmm. I, I, I i just don't know it's it's hard to. It's just got a creepy name too. It's got a it's got yeah. a creepy name, but you don't know until you're actually in that situation. I mean, no. it, um, there's been lots of things that we've investigated in, and we think, hey, this is cool. But mm. when you try and look at the footage from an outsider, it's like, uh, well, I can see how people wouldn't believe that. Yeah. Um, because you. But if you've got a trained eye, you're going to obviously have that natural scepticism, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Mm. I mean, and that's why when we are filming, we. We think, oh well, if I'm sticking a camera here mm. at one angle, I've got to almost film that camera. So I've got, if anything happens, it's coming from a different angle as well. So, yeah. But um, for me, one of the biggest um, success stories of 
urban legend mass marketing, if you want to call it that, is when Charles Berlitz put out that uh, Bermuda Triangle book. When was that? Sort of in the 60s, 70s, wasn't it? Somewhere around there? It would be around then. Because um, obviously there'd been disappearances there before the, the USS Cyclops going back to the turn of the century and, and then everyone knows the Avenger bomber story and that sort of thing. Um, if you look at the geographical area that's covered by the triangle, it's it's a convenient triangle, isn't it? Basically, it's, it's and allegedly it's not the only one either. Yeah, so. that, well, that's the thing, you know. And also, they gave it the moniker the Devil's Triangle from time to time as well, which you know sounds a lot more sinister than Bermuda. But I remember being as a kid, um, just being terrified that going one day I'd have to fly over Bermuda. Uh, well, over the Bermuda Triangle from Fort Lauderdale or somewhere like that and uh, get gobbled up. Um, but I think it's Berlitz obviously, um, you know, made it famous. It was, it was around before that, obviously, but those are the days when, you know, ships went missing and, oh, well, it's a big sea, we can't find them, you know. Now, obviously, we have um, satellite, you know, tracking and stuff like that, so it's a lot easier. Um but I think he, he did pretty well in sculpting a big um, industry, basically, out of the Bermuda Triangle. I mean, it's died off in recent years. You don't hear so much about it now, Well, I think you? people have people tried to explain it, and then mm. they've come up with a conclusion. And mm. believe it or not, it's one of those things that people have said, oh, okay, well, that's that's one explanation. We're going to leave it at that. Yeah, It's not like other phenomena where you get people that explain well, I suppose it. it's because it's something tangible with the yeah, others, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's a stretch for people to actually go and find out for themselves as yeah. well. I mean, how would you do it? You'd fly... Fly a plane, and what if you get it right? What if you get it yeah. wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and if you got it wrong, would you be able to tell anyone? Would be able to That's film right, it, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, Loch Ness Monster, for me, starting to take on that. Um, I know, I, I hate saying it's disappointing, but I, I'm really starting to be not convinced by the whole thing. Um, I think a giant sturgeon or something similar is, is probably responsible. These, um, these days, I'd say, yeah, probably... Probably you know a, a, a giant fish or something like yeah. that. But I think back in the day it was possibly plausible. Um, I yeah. But when that surgeon's photograph got proved to be BS, um, that kind of ruined things a little bit for me. I was like, well, if they're faking it back in 1932, and the most famous picture yeah. of it is fake, someone's just having a laugh, you know? Yeah, I'd, I'd still like to believe. I don't believe that it's still there now. No, because I mean you. There hasn't been any recent uh, sightings of it necessarily that we know no. of, and um, and it's uh, not isolated because there is other lakes, um, like you know, with Champy and Champlain, I think it is, and um, you know, other lakes have reported monsters and that sort yeah. of carry on as well. Um, more than likely, for me, misidentification of fish or a foreign, you know, a fish or a snake or a snakehead fish or <laughs> something like that. That's alien to that environment you know it's been introduced been dumped there it could be a pet anything like that giant catfish probably couldn't rule out as well um the best one i heard for loch ness in terms of uh, a a valid explanation well for me anyway was a guy said in the 1930s that elephants used to uh get bathed there um due to a traveling circus or something like that and they used to bathe and you could see how they could be misconstrued couldn't you yeah Yeah. Uh, but there's also stories of this creature or whatever uh, pulling people under and, and things mm. like that. So uh, maybe, you know... Like that New Zealand know. scientist recently did a big sweep of the whole thing, didn't he? And yeah, I think it came back inconclusive. Okay. I, think. Yeah, the, the <laughs> I D- could have told D- him that at yeah. the start, probably. D- well, he took a DNA sample of the water, I believe. Okay. Yeah, so... 
Yeah. Mm. So you th- you're you're going with there used to be something there, there unknown there, but not necessarily now. Yeah. Um, long time ago, but uh, yeah, I guess whatever it was. I mean, the ocean's a big place, right? Yeah. yeah. Bodies of water. And the legend will always be there. I don't see it yeah. ever going away. I mean, it's. I mean, I'd be interested to know whether the locals believe it or not. Yeah. Whether you know, again, it's just a money making thing. Mm. You know, I'm sure they mm. they sell, uh, you know, merchandise or on the riverbed or whatever. Yeah, well, they do. I think that's the thing. But that's I'm I'm comfortable with that. You know, that's okay. You you go to a place that's synonymous with anything. That's um, what people are going for, I believe. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's that's fine. It's not really a problem. Yeah, local people are going to make money too. Um. You know, and, and it's got that look about it, doesn't it, Loch Ness as well. It's it's the, the water's dark and it's a bit swampy and it's dirty and yeah, and PTA is yeah. that good as a black appearance. Um, you know, and you see, and it, the wind picks up and there's some decent wakes going on, and you start thinking about it, and your yeah. pareidolia comes into it again, and yeah. you're seeing humps and silvery backs. And well, I mean, there's there's never been any clear footage. I mean, of mm. any of the of the uh, cryptids. No, it's it's always a blurry photo from taken from far away, and except for that one that uh, of a giant kind of uh, looking like a bit of a manta ray, but with a huge tail. Have oh, you ever yeah, seen that one? Yeah, uh, I have seen. It looks kind of like a tadpole in the water. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't know what that would be. I mean, it could be more than one thing. It could be. It could mm. still be a Photoshop, I suppose. But uh, it's it's old though. It's it's mm. from the seventies, I think, or eighties. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting one, and you get a few. I've seen a couple of decent ones out of um, the. What's that one called? Is it called a pogo or something like that? Or the, uh, a pogo, the, 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 like Loch Ness. Yeah, yeah, but so, it's yeah. in. Um, I can't remember what state it's in. It's in the US anyway. Let's just go with that. Yeah. Um, I've seen some pretty good footage of that actually. Sort of, um, it looked like a big sort of cobra kind of a situation, but not something you'd want to run into anyway. Anaconda. <laughs> exactly. If someone released free, an anaconda, you know. Anaconda I mean, it's not other realms of possibility, is it? You see how invasive species like down in Florida after cyclones and stuff, Burmese yeah. pythons are eating everything, aren't they? Those things are big and scary, eh? i got to say. Yeah, well, I mean, you'd think if there was one, though, there would be some sort of evidence on the shoreline where, yep. they, you know, it would have to eat eventually. Yeah. What about what do you credence do you give to when strange things wash up on the beach and scientists basically say it's it's part of a whale that's been eaten or it's you know fairly, it's it's been a, it's a lump of flesh or blubber or something like that that's been chewed on by sharks and that's what we've got now and it's just been chewed into the shape of a monster or something yeah well I mean I'm not I'm not good with with bodies of animals or yep. identifying them but you know I, I have to believe what they say mm. um especially when it comes to being decomposed and that sort of thing. They never seem to get them DNA tested, though. No. Strangely. But I, mean, I suppose that costs money, and if they mm. really, you know, because Mr. Scientist over here told me that it was this, then I'm going to have to do it. Yeah, that's true, and it would smell pretty bad by yeah. the time you got it back yeah, to your yeah, car, wouldn't it? get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. They could blow it up like that whale. <laughs> yeah. that? that was the stupidest yeah, thing of all time. Canada, wasn't it? It awesome to watch, though, let's be fair, blowing up sort of whales. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean that's um, in New Zealand we get the odd giant squid wash up and stuff like that, and yep. echoes of the kraken, and because um, they've got a giant squid at Te Papa, haven't they? Which is the national uh, one of the museums in New Zealand anyway, in, in the capital Wellington. Have you ever had a look at that? 
I haven't good. actually been to Wellington in a long, long time, so no. I've never been to Te Papa before. But yep. Uh, uh, giant squid. I mean, it's one of those mm. things that... It's totally plausible, though. Uh, I mean, it's still quite new, uh, yep. you know, discovery of them as well. So Absolutely. Um, and the depths they live at as well, you know, it's, yeah. it's a lot of uncharted territory down yeah, well, there, like right? Like I was saying, the ocean's a big place and it's pretty yep. deep, so, you know, we haven't explored all of it. No, I mean, obviously it was in the 30s, 30s, I think, that they found that silo camp, didn't they, that they thought was extinct um, for millions and millions of years. Um, so there's always that possibility. I think, I think when you adapt an urban legend to something like Bigfoot, though, I think a lot of it, you know, it's just a, it's an old-fashioned sort of wives' tale to an extent, isn't it? Um, someone saw something once and it went from there. And what, what are people seeing? Are they seeing bears? Um, yeah, I would think so. A bear, mm. or or even just a person. Mm. Um, You'd be pretty brave over there, though, putting on a um, uh, sort of Chewbacca outfit yeah, and running across yeah, the road, wouldn't you? In front of people, you know, especially in the US. Yeah, with everybody, guns everybody's everywhere. Everybody's got a gun. I know. And trigger happy. But, um, yeah, uh, I would think that a lot of the sightings are possibly a bear walking on, a, you know, it's on mm. its hind legs. They can do that. Mm. Um, or you expand the mind a little. And uh, I talked on the show with Capel about this Um with Bigfoots being a interdimensional being, and that's There's why you don't, that theory as well. That's why you don't see them all the time. Yeah, a lot, a lot of Bigfoot sightings coincide with UFO sightings. Yeah, they? I've heard that. So that's interesting. Um, Maybe they're the aliens themselves. Yeah. I mean, a, why do they have to be short green I mean, guys? You, you referred to them as Chewbacca. Maybe there's <laughs> some sort of association there. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe people have just been out to see Star Wars and they're saying, "Yeah, <laughs> the Millennium Falcon and." And just associating, exactly, associating yeah. one with the other. It's interesting. Um, in New Zealand, we have the uh, the Tanifa, which we've talked about on the show. Um, I'm probably leaning more towards the mythology side of, of that when I when I hear something about a Tanifa. But we do have some big giant eels here. Yep. Um, and I think we're probably, that's probably the most likely candidate for these Tanifa sightings. Yep, well, I mean, Tanifa, to my knowledge, you know, there's water bases, land base, mm-hmm. you know, in the forest as well, sort of thing. But um, an eel, a big eel can jump up on the a bank. Big, a big eel could very easily pull somebody down as well. Yeah. Um, and allegedly it's happened in Lake Pupiki, you know, uh, where we investigate the Pump House Cedar as well. Oh, is that right? Sure, yeah. Um, you know, tales of people seeing these these bigger eels. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Hanua Falls as well. Is that, geez, of, I live near Hanua Falls. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people were allegedly getting pulled under by the by the eels as well. Really? Yeah. So, well, that's worthy of a live podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Or an on-site sort of broadcast. But, you know, as in terms of Tanifa, there's you know road closures, that, you know, because of these things. And, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. You know, Shouldn't You know, like I said, it's these cautionary tales. Has any other country in the world um, stopped a? Highway development as a result of a probably mythical beast. I'm sure it's probably sure happened. there is I'm probably sure, some. I'm sure it's probably haven't none come to mind, but no. I mean, um, I don't think New Zealand's exclusive to something like that. Probably uh, not, yeah. particularly in a um, fairly secular sort of country as well. Yep. Um, I could see that happening, or at least something that would be a slight to or a voodoo or witch to, doctor curse exactly or slight to sort of um, you know. God or something like that. Um, Somebody's got an aversion to what's actually going on. You know, this is my (laughs) land, not yours. Stay off. Yeah, absolutely. 
um, you know, if we call that New Zealand sort of tapu. If something's tapu, yeah. then um, you don't go messing around with it, basically, because it's it's sacred, and um, you know, you got to respect the site you're investigating. I'm sure you guys do that quite a bit. Um, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I know you guys don't, for lack of a better term, take the piss out of the spirits. No. You like you see on these shows with. Old mate uh, Braggin. What's his name? Baggins. Zach Baggins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy with where, where's the <laughs> T-shirts, two sizes too small. Yeah, that guy. Too, far too baggy, yeah. And those glasses that he probably doesn't need. Yeah, well, his eyesight was taken by a demon, allegedly. So oh, okay. But it didn't take all his eyesight. No, no. Just sort of... <laughs> Just enough. so he could wear dark sunglasses inside. Absolutely. Um, sorry, where was I going with that? I was saying... Oh, so you guys... Um, we've already talked about how rational you are and stuff like that, but... Um, you're not in there coaxing the spirit to come out by making them angry and saying, you murdered your wife, we all know, show yourself, be a man sort of thing, do you? No, I mean, but, no. uh, you know, as the saying goes, as above, so below. You know, if you're, yep. if you're a good spirit in life, oh, sorry, a good person in life, you're a, you're a good spirit in death, or so we believe. Mm-hmm. But so if, if there is a little bit of um, encouragement needed, yep. then there might be grounds for it. But um, yep. generally, no. We we are respectful and and you know uh, must be tempting though you get to the end of the investigation or and you've you've had no hits or anything like that it must be tempting to say listen dickhead we've come all this <laughs> way you know because we heard you're here yeah we, we at least show yourself there. or say something to us right yeah yeah well, I mean we wouldn't call them dickhead <laughs> yeah <laughs> but we you know it's like oh come on sort of thing you know, yeah yeah we're gonna go now or, and then usually as we're packing up our gear. We hear a knock or a bang or... A is, does that happen quite often, it, it? Yeah, it has. It yeah. has happened quite a few. Um, we were at an old abandoned school and uh, we were packing up for the night and Barbara and I were having a bit of a chat down one of the hallways. Yep. And um, we were jo- even joking about it, I think. We were saying, oh, you know, well, now's the time that something's going to happen. And all of a sudden we hear uh, what sounded much like... Keys, keys dropping. Keys dropping. Yep. And I said, did you hear that? She goes, yeah, I heard that. So I went to, for a wander down to one of these uh, rooms that were at the end of the hallway and there sure enough was a uh, set of keys just two keys on a key ring and they had never been there before we'd been in and out of that room time and time again so that's some poltergeist sort of stuff isn't it well traditionally um, isn't it or possibly what they call an port. okay what's an port? just something appearing out of thin air mm-hmm. you know from another dimension allegedly sort of ah sort like sort bigfoot of yep yep um, so yeah, we don't know where these keys came from. Yep. We don't know how they got there, but we heard them drop. And whose keys were they in the end? Still don't know. Okay. We, we're, and we've you, been back you to tried the, the locks with the we keys? We tried the locks. Uh, yep. Didn't open them anything. So yep. we, uh, there was a small window, so we kept them up there. Uh, we came back numerous times and the keys didn't move from there. And they, they never disappeared or anything like that. They were just, that was that. Very interesting. Yeah. In an old school, you say? It was an old school. Okay. Yeah. So, so one of the kids is playing with your car keys. Yeah, well, they weren't, they weren't car keys. Oh, they, they, just, they would have been, yeah, they look more like deadlock keys. Yeah. So they weren't old or anything like that. They, no. were, they looked pretty clean, relatively yep. shiny. So, yeah. Jeez. Oh. Don't have an explanation for that one necessarily. No. Other, was, other than we were noticing it, we walked past it, and all of a sudden we hear it, what sounded like a key noise, and yep. we associated it with that. But... I was just thinking about um, Hanur again, actually. We mentioned um, people possibly being dragged in there by 
giant eels. Um, Hanua Falls is a, a small waterfall sort of to the southeast of uh, Auckland City. Um, but that's supposed to be quite a mystical sort of spooky place. I don't know if it's the ambience there because of the waterfall and, you know, you're sort of at one with nature or whatever, but it's um, there's a few stories from that from part there of town, isn't there? I'm not too familiar with a lot of the stories there, but, um, yeah, I think you're right. There are a few mystical sort of stories, and I mm. think, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, people back in the day, I don't know whether you're still allowed to, jump from the actual waterfall into yep. the water. There's yeah. no law against it, but it's dangerous. But there, there has been um, quite a lot of uh, unfortunate drownings there yep. as well, so... Because um, it drops off, doesn't it? Oh, the yeah. shelf drops off rapidly, and there's a bit of a, and the current's strong there, and it, it looks like it's pretty innate, but you get yeah. in there and you can there, be there in trouble. Is, there is, um, and I'm, again, correct me if I'm wrong, um, a, a Mary urban legend or myth or legend there, mm-hmm. where uh, it, there is some association with people being dragged under the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's something to do with a woman in the water or something like that. I'm not too sure 100%, but I think there is one there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but it's certainly, um, it does give you a bit of a chill when you go there, particularly in the late evening. I don't know. I mean, it could be absolutely nothing. But I think the fact that you know people have died jumping off or even just jumping into the pool below the waterfall, um, you know, it's a dangerous place and it's got some bad karma to it probably, yeah. you know, is the other thing. Um, well, that's really interesting. We're coming to the end um, of the show. We've had Sam Collier here from uh, Haunted Auckland. What's next on the books for Haunted Auckland? Um, oh, we don't have anything teed up at the moment. No. Uh, it's, it's so, if a, anyone's got a good haunted location, yeah, preferably in the within an hour or so of Auckland City, we're still well in the midst of summer holidays. So yep. once the group gets back together and we we gather up and you need a few dark stormy nights we, first. We don't do you? need a few dark yeah. stormy nights. We're obviously with investigating. Um, it's common uniform to wear all black and it gets too hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So nothing lined up at the moment, but you're always looking for new venues and always researching for new and venues. stuff. Um, Where do you get your intel from? Just word of mouth or word of mouth. Um, we do have a closed. Uh, well, a semi-closed um, page. Uh, that's a sister page to Haunted Auckland, where it's a discussion page. Yep. It's New Zealand Paranormal. Um, yep. And often we get people messaging us through there, and um, with with private investigations, we get the odd person directly messaging us on Facebook as well. So, yep. Hey, but we've got a, we've got a uh, a survey for people to fill out first, kind of. Um, so it's a screening kind it, of. It is a screening. Yeah. You, know, you have to do that because we're not. Um, we're not trained in in uh, mental health issues or anything like that as well. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, if we believe that somebody might actually need to go and see a doctor, we would we would say something like that first, rather than. Um, where would you sit? I'm going to throw you a curveball. Where would you sit if you went to a haunted house or similar, and the person got possessed in inverted commas? Um, would you guys get a in a priest, or would you just refer them to mental health? Um, I think we'll probably have to refer them to mental health yep. first. I think yep. um, a, a priest, I don't know in New Zealand whether they could actually do a lot. Mm. Um, yeah, especially when... I suppose it depends uh, on what you said, doesn't it? It also depends on whether yeah. the, the actual possessed person has a religion of any sort as well. You sure. Know, you know, do you, would, you, would you send in someone that's um, maybe a Tibetan monk or whatever if they're... <laughs> If they're Indian or... Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. 
No, I was just stirring the pot. Yeah. Just no. making you squirm. That's all right. <laughs> it's been excellent. But, uh, yeah, we've yeah. got to treat carefully, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and that's good. That's good you take that approach because there is a lot of charlatans out there. Um, yeah. I got in trouble for calling Harry Price a charlatan the other day on a, <laughs> on a uh, I think it was the British, um, what's it called? The Society of Psychic something Psychical or others. Research. It'll do, Psychical Research. Um, and I just said he was a charlatan and this guy went off at me. Yeah. So, oh, You're not allowed to have an opinion on these. Uh, no, but isn't it? But they actually put up a thing saying, what do you guys think about this Harry Price thing? And I was like, from what I've read of Charlton. Yeah. You'll learn very quickly that uh, what do you think is really reference to what do you think you have to agree with me and no other opinion is ever going to Okay, <laughs> change, like, change but like mind. socialism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll leave it there. Thanks for coming in, Sam. Uh, Sam Collier from uh, Haunted Auckland. They can find you on the web at... Or Excellent. And I'm going to have a look before I go to bed to, to uh, make my dreams a bit more interesting. How yep. does that sound? Sounds good. It was Occam's Razor, episode 17.